Good evening, good afternoon, good whatever time of day it may be, folks. Welcome to another fun-filled, exciting, hopefully informative, or, I don't know, at least entertaining episode of Barely Adequate with Chris and Jay. I'm Chris. And I'm not that guy who lives down the hall from you and and cooks all the weird-smelling stuff. I'm Jay. What up, Bo? What up, though? What's going on, Chris? How's your day going? (laughs) Uh, It's starting off well. Today is uh, my wife's birthday. Oh, happy birthday to her. Yeah, we're going to be going out to dinner and doing such fun things as that later today. At the moment, where are you going out to eat at? A local place called Cornerstone Pizza. They do like they do like the wood fired pizza. That's a that's a good idea. It's always a good idea to do the local place as opposed to the national place, you know, in another state. Can you uh, talk some of yourself for a second, actually? Uh, I believe there's somebody talking, uh, knocking on the old studio door. Uh Who's that? Let's see what kind of interesting thing that is. One second. Who can it be knocking at Jay's door? Say, go away. Don't come around here no more. Good hour we could break into Rockwell. I always feel like someone right. is knocking me. Your segment here on uh, the uh, Fairly Adequate with Chris and Jay show, it's called Jay's Mail. Let's uh, <laughs> uh, go ahead and put my microphone. My it's Mr. McFeely. On. Put this on. <laughs> put that on. And let's see what kind of super important mail I've got. Uh, was it Mr. McFeely? It was Mr. McFeely. <laughs> oh, let's see. We have uh, mail for a business that hasn't been here uh, at, at least in 10 years, I would guess. Compulsive cleaners. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, and trust me, I have many things, but I am not a compulsive cleaner. Uh, yeah, I was gonna apparently, I got the wrong house for that one. Yeah, apparently, someone had a business running out of here, running out of this house. This house was a rental before I bought it, so many, ah. many people live here. I imagine. Uh, let's see, advertising for stores. I'm not going to go to. Let's see. Google sent compulsive cleaners a letter. Uh, I don't know what Google. Oh, Google wants to show the world that you're open for business. That is awesome. Uh, they're closed, Google. <laughs> Good marketing there. Uh, let's see. The Easter Seals are trying to get me to give them shit. That's interesting. All right. Oh, my God. Something that actually has my name on it. And it's it's from the Department of Treasury. That's hmm. <laughs> that's not a good sign, is it? Okay, let's see. Unless it's your tax return. I, it probably is my tax return. But since I did an e-file, they shouldn't be sending me something. That's a uh, bad news. Well, they can send you, you got, one. Because if you do check for the direct deposit. Let's see. Uh. This makes for quality podcasting. Oh, uh, they're basically they're saying that they're taking most of my tax return. Uh. <laughs> they're saying their review, their view of my Michigan income tax return, Homestead credit, and says the result of an adjustment. The corrected taxis leave it corrected. Da, da, da. Or are your, the amount you claim for property taxes levied did not match the information provided to us by our local country office. Then why did you ask me? <laughs> Review your property tax statements and confirm that you used the correct taxable value and and and, and the amount that the contact corrected taxes levied properly. Basically, instead of me getting one hundred eighty-five dollars from them, I'm going to get thirty-six dollars from them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't, I don't know what I did wrong here, but, uh, but they, they said the original amount was 1,753 of, of property taxes levied. The property, uh, uh, corrected amounts was 1,506. So apparently I put down the wrong amount of, ta- of property taxes that I was charged. 
Oh, well. And it and apparently it affects my Michigan tax return by quite a bit, but not mm. quite a bit. Not being that way, I, I'm going to get thirty six dollars back from them instead of one hundred eighty five. Uh, so to the state of Michigan, oops, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> I mean, it's only a two hundred dollar difference, so obviously it wasn't like I was trying to jack them up, jack them up or something. Um, but I'm surprised that a that a two hundred dollar difference would make a hundred and something dollar difference in my tax return. Yeah, yeah, we don't have state tax returns here. I mean, state state income tax in Washington, so oh, have well, to deal you with in that. Florida, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I'm serious. Huh? You in Florida? Florida doesn't have a uh, state tax. Yeah. So, and last but not least, a magazine from AAA Living, which is uh, fuck if I know. <laughs> I don't know if it's all. Don't have from, a AAA membership? Oh, that's what it is. It's tri- it is. It's AAA, and I, yes, I did until recently. I let it, that shit expire because I don't have AAA insurance anymore. Uh-huh. No, I've got progressive because I got a hard on for flow. Got that sweatband needs to go no longer. As I'm sitting here listening to you rifle through your your yeah. deliverables, that I was very. Uh, I found one of my sweat. Well, I found one of my one of my workout sweatbands sitting on my dresser. And I'm like, did that get washed recently or not? And then I gave it a good sniff, and I'm like, yeah, that needs to go in the laundry. Okay, then all of a sudden my uh, my, my conversation about uh, freaking my. Uh, Mail doesn't sound all that bad. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so what else is new, man? Watching any good TV, watching any good movies, I don't know, playing any good video games. This is a podcast about stuff. Have you done some stuff, sir? Yes, actually, over the weekend, I, I, I let my uh, my Star Wars geek flag fly. I uh, finished up uh, the entire series of uh, Clone Wars cartoon on okay. Netflix. Mm-hmm. And actually, it was re- it was really good as a Star Wars fan. There's a lot of back history stuff that it gives, leading into the Revenge of the Sith uh, movie, Episode Three, which I did end up watching. Then I did watch Episode Three, and I actually rewatched the uh, the Cartoon Network uh, Clone Wars, the the little three five or five minute long cartoons that they did that series they did a while back. Right. And uh, by the same guys who did uh, Samurai Jack and. Uh, uh, Dexter's Laboratory and stuff. I can never pronounce that dude's name. But, uh, yeah, it was cool to watch those after watching the Clone Wars, trying to figure out where storylines fit in through the series. But, yeah, watch that. Then I did watch Revenge of the Sith. I just felt the need to, and that's the first time I can honestly say I felt the need to watch uh, any of the first three movies. Uh, right. and, and of the three, the third is obviously the only one that's barely watchable, really. <laughs> yeah. But then after that, um, I did plow my way through the entire season of uh, first season of uh, Star Wars Rebels over on the Disney Channel, and that was really good. That f- fills in the gap after it's kind of fills in the story gap after uh, Revenge of the Sith and before uh, New Hope, and it's good stories. I mean, of the 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 few straggling Jedi that are in hiding and introduce it brings back some characters you're familiar with that have some cameos and appearances but uh, the story's really good and uh, it's also done by um, our friend uh, Brian Lynch his wife is uh, one of the co-creators for that show oh so nifty yeah that's yeah, cool so, so highly recommended to Star Wars fans oh uh-huh. what else you got um, let's see last yeah last Monday I did go watch uh, Kingsman Secret Service like I said oh, I was going God. to that yeah. movie was awesome. That it was, movie awesome. was awesome. It looked like a whole bunch of smug British people doing okay. British things. 
but it's good. It was, it was so. Oh yeah, see, I know. It's interesting how you didn't deny any of that. No, no, no. Yeah. That's true. It was, it, they're very smug, but but it's good though. Well, yeah, it is. Well, the the uh, at least the story by the movie. I need to find the comics that it's based off of because it's based off of a Mark Millar property, and he is a writer. That he's also had other movies, other properties he's created, made into movies, including uh, Wanted and Kick Ass. So. Uh, but the principal in the movie, at least, uh, for the Kingsmen, that they are a secret society that, uh, have no affiliation with any government. But it was, uh, if I remember the way the story was told, it's after World War One that there were many, uh, sons of British aristocracy who were killed in the war. And so there was no one to inherit, uh, the, the old money. So to prevent from, prevent future or from other powers leading to other wars that the old families put their money together and created the Kingsmen. And so all the agents have code names like, you know, the leader is Arthur and you have Galahad, Lancelot, Percival, like uh, King, King Arthur's men. And uh, it's, you know, high tech spy movie, but at the same time, it's a killer soundtrack. It's great action, good humor. And uh, Samuel Jackson talking with a lift through the whole movie. And then to tell the Buddhist guy, I can't always understand what you people say. You talk funny. <laughs> but uh, so if it, it was a if it was a white guy doing that, let's be they'd call him racist. But but since it's but since it's Samuel Jackson doing it, it's okay. <laughs> Samuel Jackson played a crazy, essentially a uh, if you if Bill Gates became a uh, megalomaniacal uh, billionaire <laughs> that wants to do things that kind of run the world. So, so words if someone became Bill Gates, <laughs> if he didn't do if he did the, if he didn't do the charitable works, and instead yeah. did world world conquering. Oh, so if he didn't bother for cover. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so if Bill Gates didn't bother for a cover. Well, no, hey, that's what it is. Bill Bill is the one who is the cover for his wife Melinda. Melinda's the one who's running everything. Exactly. People are like, Bill Gates is trying to control the world. I'm like, we'll try. Bill Gates controls the world. <laughs> yeah, like, you guys just don't know it yet. Yeah, keep in mind, I'm less than a, less than a two hour drive from where they live right now. So, exactly. We think, so we, he's we think we gotta worry about the NSA. We, we think we gotta worry about the NSA. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> no, no, no. The reason, the reason I'm not concerned about it is because there's nothing you can do. He's going to know your every thought. Everyone within 500 miles of him at all times. That's, <laughs> Through a microchip that he's uh, implanted in his own brain that scans other people's brains and, and puts all the imp, uh, information directly into his cortex. I thought that's pretty fucking Steve amazing. Did. Well, no, no. That, well, yeah, actually, you're right. That is what Steve Jobs did, and then that's why he's dead, because Bill Gates killed him and took his technology. Ah, Bill right. Gates runs everything. Bill Gates is kind of like the Terminator. So, you know, he, Bill Gates is Skynet. He's going to simulate all technology and rule the world with it. Or where does Paul Allen fit into the building? Because all he's doing is assimilating sports teams. <laughs> he, own, he, owns, he owns a chunk of the Seahawks, and he owns a very large chunk of the Portland Trailblazers. He's a red herring, obviously. You know, he, he's just there <laughs> to distract us. Uh, but yes, oh, speaking I, of, he's speaking I of highly recommend Kingsman to people. <laughs> it was an awesome movie. There's bits, I also, it was one of those glorious movie, one of those moments as a cinema goer that you live for that I was the only person in the whole theater. 
I got to sit in the sweet spot, uh, at least for me, my sweet spot in the theater is about two rows f- forward from the very back and in dead center. So you're getting the best of the surround sound and you're far enough back. You can take in the whole screen. And, right. and, and then on top of it, it was a very fun movie. Mine's, so, mine's actually almost exactly halfway down, but I would never sit there because the odds of you being able to sit in the middle halfway down without someone getting up on you is pretty fucking slim. Uh, with any kind of people in 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 a uh, uh, in the theater at all, I either sit right on the aisle uh, on whatever on whatever row I can get an aisle seat on, or I sit right in the front row, or I sit right in the back row. Yeah, yeah. Wherever these wherever these places are, where I can limit the amount of people around me. <laughs> But theoretically, right about right in the middle would obviously be about right, you know. Yeah. You're right in the middle of the screen and such. Um, oh, hey, you, got a question for you. Well, I got there. Well, let me throw out uh, the one other movies I did watch. I did watch. Uh, I finished up my uh, Bruce Lee Brock box set. So watched oh, Fist of Fury last Brock week. Set. Yes. You racist motherfucker! You called it a Brock set. <laughs> I I talked fast. Yeah, sure you did. Okay. Yeah. You tell Oprah you were just talk too fast. Go on. <laughs> I ain't worried about Oprah. I don't worry about that, bitch. <laughs> ain't no one got time for that. Uh, Fist of Fury, and I hadn't seen it in a long time. I, if, the fun thing I was having while watching these box sets is I would put it into the English dubbed, but I would put the English subtitles on at the same time. 80% of the time, the subtitles do not match up to what's being said on the screen. <laughs> And it makes you and it makes you wonder which one's correct. I go by I'd go by the subtitles because those are being translated. So, well, what, so you think they're not translating the uh, the, the older oh, no. no, the dubbing just making up random random words. Well, especially with Fist of Fury because there's a whole uh, because it's when uh, Imperial Imperial Japan is occupying Shanghai, and so there is the classist and racist overtones that are going on between the Japanese and the Chinese to where you get the Japanese consulate, you have a sign that says no dogs are Chinese allowed. That's the big thing that Bruce Lee, you know, kicks the sign up and then shatters it in the air with another kick. And so there's, there's all that stuff. A lot more of that was coming through in the subtitles than it was in the dubbing. Mm. So yeah, I think there's the difference of how they placate things for the American international market. They want to have a fun movie. They don't need to see all this stuff. Why educate them on history? <laughs> That's crazy talk. Anyway, what's your question? Okay, uh, as we know, I, I had uh, a uh, a midget slice my face open about six weeks ago, right during the mm-hmm. midget knife fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, surprise! I couldn't jump that high. Damn it, Bridget. Um, <laughs> Bridget. Um, but since since then, uh, I thought it was pretty much completely healed. She's cutting your internet too. Oh, well, about three weeks ago, uh, uh, when I went and it looked completely healed to me, you know, and it was not not gone, but it was a big white scar, you know. It, it didn't look like he could get the uh, um uh, the stitches quite a while ago, right? Oh, that okay. loses you. I got like I got like eighty percent of that. Okay. I don't know if it's your end or my end this time. Probably, it's probably your end. But now, within the next last day or two, it's all red and angry looking again. Huh. And I have no clue why. Uh, I didn't do anything to it. You've been getting out in the sun? 
No. <laughs> I did when I, I did when I was out in uh, out in Florida some, uh, but that right. was like I said, I've been back for more than a week. Uh, and when I once white when I got back, it had a little angry patch to it for a little while, but that, then it went away, and that was it. And now it's angry, and it feels a little tight feeling. Is it feeling like warm, or is it just red and just red and like I said, a little tight feeling in one spot? But you know, honestly, it, I'm gonna guess it's got there's an infection or something. But how the fuck could it be an infection mm. when it was completely healed? No, I'm. I, I mean, usually the things you're gonna look for for infection, you're gonna actually look for like red and fa- flame, like angry looking inflamed as well. It's as, pretty red. Yeah, but is it? Some... But is it feeling like hot to the touch? I mean, is it feeling warm? In that area, um, is it just red and just red and tight feeling a little bit? Yeah, it's, I doubt it's infection. If anything, uh, I don't know how how much you if you're if I mean like I know with my own skin type, I'm one of those people I scar pretty easy, and I also build up the little keloids that you know it's the thickening of the scar, right? Because like with all you know my my own history of getting things sliced out of my body, I've still got I mean a year later the this the scars I've gotten my back from the stuff getting excised, they still itch. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I have no clue. So, okay, so basically you're, you're nothing that you know of commonly would make it uh, after seeming to be completely healed, all of a sudden start to get angry looking again. No, it could just be part of the healing process or, you know, mm. other tissue regrowth, depending on what I like cut and dealt with. If anything, of course, always talk to your doctor just to see if they've got any concern. Why not? I don't get my insurance back for about another week and a half, <laughs> which ended up being pretty shitty timing. Uh, I've had, I've already had one of my doctors call me, and I'm pretty sure the hospital is. Uh, I had the, I, uh, because of my work situation, I lose my insurance for short periods of time. I lost it uh, for all of the month of February, and um, uh, until March uh, 18th, right? Mm-hmm. I had a surgical operation done on January 20th. And then checked on the, like the twenty eighth. You know, my my last appointment that I had done with them was on the twenty eighth. Right. So, so then it went through to paperwork where the insurance paid for most of it, and then I had to pay the deductible. There's a large deductible. That's how our uh, uh, insurance works. Right. The, my work has give, gives me a card, an insur- a basically a, a credit card to pay the deductible, right. which in this case is two payments: one for one thousand six hundred, and the one for about three hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wrote down the information and mailed it in the other day. Uh, my, I don't have health insurance right now, so that card isn't active, so it just got denied. Uh. So I'm assuming I am perfectly all right. I, told, I called the uh, called back the uh, doctor's office. I haven't heard from the hospital yet, and basically told them they need to wait two weeks and then apply again. Right. <laughs> uh, unless unless my insurance is trying to pull a fast one, I can't see any, any situation why I'm not still okay because I had the procedure done while I had insurance. So it's kind of like an oversight that the insurance, that the payment card is canceled right now. Yeah. And I would assume that in a week and a half when the, when I get my insurance back and they activate that card again, I can just go ahead and reapply for it. The fact that there's a month gap in my insurance in between, you know, when I'm paying for it and when it happened is irrelevant as long as the procedure occurred while I had insurance. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it was under your coverage, you should still be. Right. Right. So. Hopefully it won't hurt my credit too much, but what are you going to do, right? Yeah. So, but anyways, yeah, that's my little, uh, uh, credit, uh, I mean, my little healthcare, uh, adventure for the, the week or two. So I'm hoping to hope to, uh, the hospital gives me a call instead of just, you know, saying that I'm delinquent or something. Yeah. Yeah. I have, uh, 
I should say, with my, my own health stuff. But yeah, this week was another Monday check-in week, or not check-in per se, but uh, weighing in. And I don't know, I had another week where my weight went up about a half a pound. Hmm. But I'm trying to sort it out, and I put it up on the uh, the DDP members only page to try to get some input from other people. Because I had this happen before. Last time I took a, I started about three weeks ago taking a vitamin D supplement again, just because it's working working nights, not as much sun exposure, and also, you know, a lot of time you're getting since I pretty much I don't drink dairy milk anymore. I get uh, cheese is about the only cow dairy I get anymore. So uh, usually the vitamin D that's fortified in like say orange juice, which I don't drink juice rarely anymore. And in the milk and stuff, I'm not getting that extra vitamin D supplement. And I'm not a big seafood person, and that's another source to get vitamin D. So, yeah, I've been taking the supplement. And some of the literature I've read, it can help maintain, not necessarily gain, uh, lean muscle mass. But it's been, or I mean, I started the supplement about three weeks ago again. And consistently over the last two weeks, my weight's gone up about two pounds total. So, I mean, not a big jump. But out of the, the last three weeks, I've only had like three, maybe four days of being over my target for my calories each day. And in the last 10 days, I've only had one day that I was over, and that was only by 30 calories. So to still go up by that half pound, I'm, I'm, reluct- I'm, I'm just one of those people I'm reluctant to say that, yeah, well, it could be, you know, muscle weighs more than fat. Yes, it does. But I don't... I, I my brain still views that as a rationalizing cop-out. Anytime I'd be gaining weight, I could just say, well, that's muscle I'm putting on. No, you're putting on some fat, too, because you're still eating like shit. But <laughs> in this case, I, I, I genuinely do feel that, yeah, I could be putting on a little more lean muscle. So I'm not sweating that the weight's gone up, but I'm just, I want the number to start going down again sometime in the near future. I just I just can't conceive about just even worrying about a half pound to be honest with you my weight fluctuates so much more than that (laughs) on a regular basis i mean literally a five pound change in two days wouldn't surprise me depending on how i'm eating or not eating i mean right the last couple days i've been weighing in right at 178 to 179 but if i weighed in right now and i was like you know i mean well if i weighed in tomorrow morning and i weighed 183 i wouldn't blink an eye yeah. And 174, I, it wouldn't stun me. I'm like, oh, okay. Apparently, <laughs> you know, I, that would that would surprise me only in like a day, you know, as opposed to days. I could see it happening. I mean, but I'll routinely uh, wave uh, different from this in, in a week from now. Our sound quality is going to be shit for this episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've heard you uh, going in and out a little bit, but I don't know if it's my internet or your internet. But I'm going to blame you. <laughs> uh, I'll blame you. So we're even. All right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, seriously, I mean, I guarantee it. Like, if I wanted to, well, shit, if anyone wanted to, it's be easy for easy for them to gain like six pounds uh, in a week. Oh, yeah. But I, I could probably drop four pounds, uh, four or five pounds this week, no problem. See, for me, I mean, even the, oh, probably even in the last year, the largest drop I've had from one week to the other is maybe a pound and a half. And that's after, you know, going from a really shitty week to a very clean week. Mm. But on average, where where I've plateaued at, and I don't know, I'm still tweaking around what to do with my cat, where I want to have my calories at. 
because I feel I'm doing good with the workouts right now. I'm still doing my five, at least five workouts a week and still hitting at least 200 minutes a week with doing Red Hot Car three or four times a week. And I did start adding a little bit of weight training in because uh, <laughs> my wife's laughing at me because I used to have the video video cassette of the eight-minute abs and eight-minute arms workout. And mm-hmm. it's one of those perky, you know, exercise aerobics guys who's wearing the unitard and stuff. <laughs> and it's just got this little jazzy, almost if you put, if it had a little bit of just that little dash of funk to it, the music that plays in the video, it would be porn music. <laughs> but uh, I found the video on YouTube, and so I got out my little five pound five pound weights and doing the the eight minute arms, just to work my upper body more. Like yesterday, I did uh, stand up, which, good God, I'm still my calves. I'm <laughs> I laugh, but I don't I don't post it outright on Facebook for, for the people that say that. Well, you know, you just need to have a banana before you work out to get that potassium into your system. Um, Really, folks, there's not that much potassium in a banana. There's no, not. You need, you need to eat you need four or five like four of them, to, them. Yeah. yeah, to get so, your daily dosage. So yeah, because I was just I I just posted it up there on the the DDP members only page too to just say that does anyone else have the same problem? For me, it's in stand up. You have the transition where you go from hood ornament to broken hood ornament to a standing split. And all that time and just that little turning here and there from the going from the hood ornaments to broken to standing split, my calves are fucking screaming at me by the time I'm done. To, and there's times I got to drop out of the position just because it feels like you know, that that split second before you know the muscle's going to cramp up. Mm. And so they're just so well, it could be hydration, could be you know, could be you know, get that potassium in. No, it's not the potassium. If anything, it's just my calves are so damn tight. So that's why I was asking if, you know, anybody does like some pre-stretching before they do that one, right. which I might end up doing the next time I do it. But yeah, so you, since I did that one and that was all lower body work, then I did my red hot core and then I, I did the arms yesterday too. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not sweating. I'm, I'm surprised how well I'm dealing with it. I'm not sweat the way I used to be neurotic about that fucking number on the scale that I am now. I just accept it that this is well, where it's at. And I'm like, okay, what do I need to do different? I know I'm doing good with my eating. I need to eat better on my food choices. But yeah, well, I'll well, see what next week is. A lot of it's the fact that you were you're getting your five workouts, two hundred minutes in. Uh, that takes a lot of pressure off you. Like for instance, in the last couple of weeks, I've only done four workouts a week. Uh, there are longer ones. I think I probably got about five hours five hours in total since it's, I do double black diamond and uh, red hot core when I work out. Right. But, I've been taking Wednesdays off to because some there's a lot of uh, people telling me that working out the same workout every day is not a good idea as far as no. like you know uh, and I already take Sundays off but the, so but the issue being the last couple of weeks I also took Saturday off so right. I worked out Monday Tuesday Thursday Friday and in certain retrospects that's just fine by the way mm-hmm. <laughs> but and I might not pick both days back up but I probably will because. When I work out every day, mm-hmm. it's a lot. I'm a lot more comfortable in my own skin because I know I did everything I could. Right. You know, if I don't work out one or two days, then when I look in the mirror, I'm like, ah, well, you know, that's not as good as it could be, and it's your fault because you mm-hmm. didn't do anything about it. Uh, if I work out, I don't even, I don't even think, worry about the eating as much. You know, I, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot easier to allow yourself a cheat day once here and there if you do it every day. Yeah. yeah. Or, well, or at least, or, or at least the you know only having the one day off. 
Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. Even for the last week, except for last Monday, I did slip, but I had no fried food and no sweets. Exactly. See, <laughs> I still went. I still went up half a pound. But you put your work in, and your diet was acceptable. I mean, like I said, your diet doesn't have to be awesome if you put it enough work in. You know, it just right. has to be acceptable. But if you put the work in and your diet was acceptable, who cares what the fucking number is? Yeah, but I, you I know, still you know. did it. You did. You did your shit. You you are going in the direction you're supposed to be going. Your body is looking like it's how to how, what it's supposed to look like, and that number is what it's supposed to be. It might not be the number society thinks it should be, and you might. Might not look the way society thinks you should look, but if you're putting the work in and eating at least semi okay, you're looking the way you're supposed to fucking look. Well, but I know I I do know though that I can do better. I know yeah, that's I, fine. I mean, yeah. I mean, which I'm, is, I'm not well, saying well, I'm right. not saying no, no. Yeah, yeah, you give up, but I'm, no, what no. I'm saying is you know that's why you're not why you said you you were surprised that you weren't as neurotic about it. But that, and I said, I'm saying that's because subconsciously you know you're doing that's how you're supposed to look right now. That's the number you're supposed to be right now. You're doing your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I know, though. Uh, definitely, there's there's ways I can tweak the diet. There's ways I can increase the workout a little bit or try to work in that a little bit more. But yeah, for for now, I mean, I still my my goal. I got it's it's whole thing of my eventual goal weight. I'd be happy at 220. I used to say 210 or 200, but you know, really 220, I would be totally comfortable at and. It's there's still that little bit in my head though that every time the number goes up on the scale, I'm like I'm that little bit further from getting to that goal. When at one point I was only four pounds away from that from, or I take that back, I was eight pounds away, eight and a half pounds away from that goal, and now I'm fifteen and a half pounds away from that goal. So it's like there's the little bits that are tweaking here and there that I'm just trying to. I'm looking. I'm. I'm being more conscious of my decisions. I'm owning up to the decisions I make. Cause yeah, there are times that I'm saying, fuck it, I'm going to eat this. And the big conscious decision too is I'm not giving up my beer. I like, I mean, beer, if, uh, I mean, we had this, we had this talk at the pub last Monday night that someone said, if you had to choose between the two, which would you give up coffee or beer? And without hesitation, I said coffee. <laughs> I mean, for me, beer is my treat. Beer is, and for, you know, so people don't get the wrong impression either. Really, I only have like three, maybe four beers an entire week. I don't, I'm not one of those people that goes out and buys six packs on a weekly basis. I, beer is a treat for me. It's like bacon. <laughs> it's one of those things. See, it's funny. It's, it's a it, treat I'm not going to give up. <laughs> right, that's funny because I don't even consider coffee part of my diet. And I use a fair amount of creamer in it. So I imagine like uh, I'll make a, use my uh, AeroPress and make like a 20 ounce coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, so basically like two, two and a half cups of coffee of normal coffee. Yeah. And I'll put, God, <sighs> probably 300 calories worth of fucking creamer in there, which doesn't, which sounds like a lot, but it doesn't take much. I think a teaspoon is like, <laughs> it's like 30 to 60 calories depending on what, what play, you know, what, you know, what brand you got. Right. And, and with a 20 ounce coffee, it's pretty easy to put five or six uh, tablespoons in it, you know, just uh-huh. to get it, you know, and there you go. There's 300 fucking calories. <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't do creamer or sugar with my coffee anymore. 
Oh, you see, I mean, I, I've, I, I do, I've been trying to do black, and I can do black, but when I'm drinking coffee black, it's because I'm, I need coffee, and there's no creamer. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm manly enough. My balls are big enough that I can drink black coffee. I train myself, if nothing else, to enough that I can drink black coffee and not die. But I do prefer it with fucking flavored creamer in it because I'm a fucking girly man. Yeah, for caramel. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> see, and that's, I mean, really the only additive if I've done for coffee in the longest time is uh, with a local coffee shop uh, when my daughter was still doing karate that I'd go down the block to them and uh, I'd get an almond milk latte. And, oh, thanks a lot. And there's only like 45 calories in that. Right. For, right. And that's a 16-ounce double. So. Right. No, I'm currently uh, using a uh, single-origin Guatemalan coffee bean called... Uh, Huhu Taamea or something like that. I, I might have that. I'm pretty sure I, I, I actually I know I have that wrong. But, but that's pretty close. It's Huhu Tata Manamea, something like that. Hoo-hoo it's delicious. Tata's? It has uh, notes of honey and cinnamon with a, a subtly bright taste. Huhu Tata's. Yeah, it's a Huhu Tata. Yeah, no wonder I was mispronouncing it. I was distracted <laughs> by the Huhu's and Tata's. Yeah, but it's delicious. It's really good. I was really, I really, really enjoy it. I really wish I could buy it from any place besides Whole Foods, because <laughs> I, I feel like I'm just fucking speeding into a stereotype whenever I go to shop at that store. Well, I mean, if I can't believe, listen, listen back to this episode and hear the way you just talked about your coffee, and you are the stereotype, sir. That's what I'm saying. I'm feeding right into it. <laughs> I'm just saying I like good coffee, and you know, and it's a good coffee. <laughs> <laughs> My brain just jumped to to uh, Tweak's dad on South Park. <laughs> Good people making good coffee. Good coffee. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Tweak, but your coffee tastes like strained cat urine. <laughs> I mean, it's not supposed to. Uh, uh, yeah, but it's, it's it's pretty good coffee, especially when you're running through the AeroPress, which is really funny because I you know, I because I am coffee snobbish, so I, you know, I'll mm-hmm. take the take the water, distilled water, <laughs> pour it into a. a, a uh, a water heater, like for a tea kettle thing, get it up to the 180 degrees exactly. Um, take the the single origin coffee, uh, grind it up in in the grinder because you you obviously have to have whole beans because fucking ground coffee's for losers. Um, I'm a loser, baby. Yeah, you and your pre ground coffee. I'm sorry. Here, let me let me mail you a quarter, um, <laughs> maybe fifty cents. Uh, but anyways, uh, then you take the scoop from the AeroPress because it has a, its own you know pre-measured scoop thing and scoop out the amount of coffee for the amount of coffee that you are making uh then then now I go off uh, off reservation just a little bit because now I no longer follow the actual instructions that come with the coffee maker uh the AeroPress championships world championships have <laughs> look it up online and you'll find dozens and dozens and dozens of interesting recipes uh Using the AeroPress, uh, I ignore all the inverted recipes. I don't want to mess up that fucking shit because apparently every once in a while you fuck up the inversion and just, it gets really messy. <laughs> but for for an instance, the AeroPress tells you to put the coffee in, pour the water up to the prescribed line, and press it. I'm sorry, up to the prescribed line, stir for five to ten seconds, and then press it for about twenty to thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. Not the not the uh, uh, championship recipes. We won't go into the fact that they measure out to the milliliter and gram the measures of coffee and water that you should be using, and they don't. And they some some of them adjust the uh, temperature of the water as well. Uh, but they'll do stuff like okay, put the coffee in, then put 
like if it's a two, if you're supposed to use 200 milliliters to make the cup of coffee, they'll like, they'll say things like, put in 30 milliliters to bloom the coffee grounds. Let's sit for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Then insert rest of coffee. Stir vigorously for 30 seconds. Press taking 45 seconds. <laughs> you know, that, that sort of thing. As opposed to just, you know, uh, put the coffee in, put the water in, stir, press. You know, they have, they measure the, uh, the, the blooming thing kind of makes sense to me that, you know, you're like trying to get the coffee to release a little bit before you, uh, do the actual process. But, you know, then they get into the you know, actual times. You some of them have, some of them will have you let, let it sit and seep for up to a minute or two, which is kind of counterproductive of, uh, how AeroPress advertises their coffee. Uh-huh. Uh, they advertise their coffee as being a really clean cup of coffee because of how quick the process is. You know, the right. water is be- because you're using Im- total immersion and pressure. The, the the water temperature can be a lot lower than it normally is when you're making coffee, 180 as opposed to like I think 200 or whatever a conventional drip one uses. And because it's being uh, through pressure and total immersion, it doesn't have to sit the the uh, doesn't have to, the coffee and the water don't have to sit and seep together for nearly as long. You you, know, you press the, the pressure uh, pulls all the coffee out, and because it's a, such a quick process, you don't get the bitterness that you normally do from uh, a regular cup of coffee. So then all these people go through all these different means to put the bitterness back in, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and it is and it, and it is a uh, balancing act because you do get more flavor if you follow their instructions. But I found for the most part, if you follow their instructions to a tea, you get a lot, a, a fairly bitter cup of coffee. So I've been doing like kind of half measures. Like I don't let that shit sit there for 30 seconds. Well, I'll let it sit for 10 or 15, you know, just enough to get a little bit more of the flavor and, and the caffeine. We like the caffeine. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that's my coffee story. I don't know uh-huh. how I got, where, how I started on that, or, or where we are now. Um, we're yeah. about three three minutes in deep into you talking about your your AeroPress and your love of it. Oh yeah, oh I love coffee. Oh I love coffee so much. Mm. And yeah, but it, but with its with its with its honey and cinnamon notes, it's uh, you throw a little caramel creamer in there, it tastes fucking decadent. See, this whole thing of you have your coffee snobbery stuff. And I freely admit I have my own beer snobbery. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. I, I will, cause I'll admit this one. I got, I got varied responses from, um, a bottle I got at my, uh, local Happy's Market, uh, that they have the w- widest variety of beer in town. I love going to that place and I can easily drop, uh, lots of money <laughs> when I walk in there. But, um, they put up on their Facebook page, so I went and pot, got a bottle this weekend. Uh, Rogue Brewery out of Newport, Oregon, who does all sorts of different stuff, but does, does some excellent beer. They actually do uh, distilling now, too. They do some whiskeys and gins. But, uh, no, Kitty? No. Sorry. Yes, Jewel has decided to make a guest appearance on the show at the moment. And won't leave my laptop or me alone. Pet me, pet me. Uh-huh. But, uh, <laughs> I know it sounds weird for beer, but it is a sriracha hot stout. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't I sound loved good. it. I loved it. And I'm actually keeping the bottle because they, the way they, they design their bottles, they, they actually paint the labels on. They're not, uh, uh, shrink wrapped or stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to, uh, look up one of those videos again online on how to cut, cut the glass. So I'm going to save the bottle and make a cup out of it. Because right. it just looks like it. It looks like a bottle of sriracha. It's got the rooster on it and everything. <laughs> cool. It's He's cock sauce. Uh-huh. All right. Well, uh, do you got anything else? Because I'm out. Uh, not really. You got anything, Jewel? 
No, nope, she just wants to stick her butt in my face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, as always, if you need to get a hold of the Jester, uh, I'm Passive J on the Twitters. I'm a uh, Passive J on the Gmails. I'm Passive J in person. I'm fucking Passive J. How about you, Chris? Uh, you can catch me over on Twitter at underscore Duckman underscore. You can catch us both on Facebook on the page for our podcast. Uh, please check out my blog, Making It Through the Middle, over on blogger.com. I'm still getting posts up at least once a week. And uh, please, uh, if you got time and are an interest in horror movies, check out uh, my other podcast, The Podcast Macabre. Uh, also has a Facebook page. And... Uh, Let's see, we're still we're posting about once a month right now, but when we post, we usually do two episodes at a time because when the four of us on the show get together, we can't shut up and it has to be broken. The three hours usually has to be broken up into two episodes. So, anywho, I think that covers it. I think it does. Yeah, because we don't have. There's no MMA. There, um, shockingly, there is no UFC event this week, so there's no <laughs> there's no MMA to talk about. Well, thank you. I know, but we do have the the, uh, the uh, season finale for our league is uh, Saturday, though. So, Yep, it's the make it or break it time. Yep. So uh, until then, and I guess we'll talk about that next week if we actually manage to record it. That would be, that'd be the first time we've recorded four episodes in a row in a long fucking time. Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah. So until then, folks, uh, happy birthday to my wife. And until then, may your week be blessed and your body mass be blessed. Secrets out. <laughs>